Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey everyone! Before we get started, I just want to let you know that your input can directly make our shows better. One of the biggest ways to support your favorite shows here is by rating and commenting on iTunes. All of our shows are available in Apple Podcast form on iTunes, and all you have to do is search for AfterBuzz and your favorite show title. Once you're there, leave the show a rating and a comment on why you like the show or any comments you have for the hosts. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to continue to bring you the best shows we possibly can. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. Christmas. And what's more Christmassy than alcohol and and murder and imaginary blue horses? You know what? We'll tell you right when we come back, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Guys. This fits the show completely, I agree. Welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on After Buzz TV. I'm so excited, you guys, because all of my favorite people are here, including a wonderful guest. You know what? Let's start with Joelle. Oh, my God. Thank you. Hi. Guys, Joelle Monique is a very, very good friend of mine and also a very, very smart cultural critic. Um, We hosted the Atlanta panel together. We killed the Atlanta panel. We killed it. It was a great panel. It was a great, great panel. Also, D'Angelo was also on that panel. (laughs) It's a small community here at After Buzz TV. Um, My first ever show. But we brought Joelle in today as well as the rest of us because we're covering a comic book adaptation um, called Happy that just premiered on Sci-Fi like a minute ago. It actually (laughs) premiered tonight. So I think for those of you on the West Coast, you might not have even seen it yet. I think it's not dropping for another 30 minutes or something. But Happy is actually based on a comic book. I'd say more of a graphic novel? No, it's definitely a comic book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why we have Joelle here. So. <laughs> exactly. um, Joelle is awesome and a self-proclaimed nerd and just knows a lot about comic books and has read Happy. So yes. we're very excited to have you. Um, before we introduce the show, let's introduce ourselves. Guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. How about the rest of you guys? Hi, guys. Linda Antwi. I am Linda is so girly all across social media. And what's up? I'm D'Angelo. You can hit me up on Twitter at D'Angelo TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Guys, I'm Sam Davidson. You can find me online at SamD43 on uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm also in the live chat, so please let us know your thoughts. And Joelle, of course, you can be found. I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique and every week at BlackGirlNerds.com. Amazing. Um, So, let's talk about this pilot. Guys, we watched the pilot to Happy, brand new sci-fi show starring Chris Maloney and Patton Oswalt, who's um, uh, vocalizing this animated... Um, imaginary friend who's named Happy, the ep- the eponymous character. Is that the phrase? Is that what they that say? That feels right, yeah. I think that's right. Um, but before we get into specifics, I want everyone to give kind of their overall reaction to the show and, of course, their pass or play. We have two pass or plays, whether you're a pass or play and then whether you're a recommended audience pass or play. I kind of want to start with Joelle because you are okay. our lovely guest. 
So, I don't want to get too much into the differences between the comic book and the Bring show. Bring that mic just a hair closer. Yeah. There we yes, go. yes. Okay. Of which there are not very many differences. Uh, but I really enjoyed the show, particularly the opening, which was so graphic. Like, Buckets of Blood is my favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> like, when there's just, like, t- and then he's just dancing, like, disco with the blood. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly the kind of introduction you want to a Grant Morrison show. If you haven't read anything by Grant Morrison, change your life, get into it. He's a wizard. Uh, he frequently <laughs> puts himself into his own comic books. He breaks lines and barriers all the time, so this is very much up his alley. If you like the show, you'll like anything he's written. He's great. Amazing. Cool. Um, so it sounds like overall you are a play on both fronts? I am a play for myself. Like, look, if you're not into graphic things or uh, police procedurals, this isn't going to be for you. You're going to want to pass. It's very like high style, highly stylized. Mm-hmm. Think like like Tarantino meets Law and Order SVU. That's kind of the territory <laughs> we're dealing with here. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be not be for everyone. But for me, it's a total play. Amazing. Um, so I am very on point with Joelle. It is a play for me. You know, I... I love beautiful music that I love in times of terror. Every time that happens on a TV show, I just laugh and I clap. And I think that's kind of messed up, maybe. But it's awesome. But it's awesome and I love it. You know, there's certain parts we'll get into that I liked and I didn't like. But overall, a total play for me. But, you know, if you aren't into... It even reminds me of American Horror Story in some ways. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Marvel, comic book stuff, American Horror Story. This probably isn't for you. But if you like any of that... and. SVU too, I would definitely tune in. Yeah, I mean, I hate to beat down the horn of everybody liking it. But <laughs> I had a lot of personality, um, which I think I just like in general with shows. But one of the critiques you have for she's got to have is that didn't have a purpose with it, and I feel like his his personality, his stylism, definitely fit into the the sequence of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it compares to the comic. You said it wasn't that big of a difference, but I would like to hear you share a little bit more about that. Um, but definitely a, a double play for me. Um, it was entertaining, so I liked it. And then <laughs> she's gonna change it up. Look at her face. Look at her face. She's gonna change it up. I am on this panel, so <laughs> I'm so torn, and I'll I'll tell you why I'm torn. I didn't know anything about Grant Morrison, mm. um, and so when I watched this pilot. I was like, am I on drugs? Like, did I, <laughs> did I do drugs? Am I, have I, has something slipped into my water? <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And I love procedurals. I love, like, SUV uh, and Law and & Order and all of that stuff. The graphic violence, not so much. Yeah. So that mm. first five seconds freaked me out. And then I was just like, what, what is happening right now? <laughs> And then there was like this crazy unicorn horse. I was just like, "What? <laughs> what is happening?" Like, I, I had to pause and like put my mind back on, and then watch it again. So, am I a pass or a play? I am torn because I know I'm going to watch the next one mm-hmm. because I need to know what happened with this blue thing. And the little <laughs> girl was so beautiful to me. So, I'm going to say that I'm a tentative play, and I'm a play for anyone who wants to watch something different. I feel like you're like a DVR. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to record it and watch it when I get around to it. Yeah. That's a great option. Yeah. <laughs> a delayed binge. Yes. Um, my, so, sorry, one last no, thing. Please, so my yeah. original reaction was, I hate this. I hate this show <laughs> and I hate everything about it. 
But by reading a little bit more about it and finishing off the hour, I was like, okay, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like those last three minutes are really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of found myself less and less interested in the show as it went on, mm. which kind of bummed me out. Like, I'm similar to you, Linda. I think um, violence isn't always for me, and that's a me thing. That's not an audience thing, yeah. but this is a very intentionally graphic show. I mean, like, it's gra- Tarantino's a good reference because it's almost, like, beautifully violent where you feel like it's an mm-hmm. aesthetic choice. I will say that first five minutes was exhilarating. It was bananas, but yeah. it was, yeah. like... Really, I mean, I was like, okay, this is, here we go. Um, but I, what I, on paper, I love this show. I love a highly specific, highly stylized show. I think I'm glad it exists, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, I kind of found myself, though, wishing, despite the highly aesthetic, stylized dialogue and visuals, some of the beats of the actual plot felt pretty traditional to me. And I think, I was talking about this with you a bit before we went on air, but I think the show is doing something with tropes and kind of like intentionally meta-discussing them within the show. So I'm going to watch another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I like this show in theory more than I actually like it in execution, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But I think there's a lot of people who are going to really like it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad it exists, even if it's not necessarily for me. Yeah, so and pass or play? I'm a play. I'm going to watch one more. Um, yeah. I do agree with you in the fact that at, by the end of it, it like, r- not regarding the last three minutes, I had lost interest and wasn't, you know, I, I hadn't completely lost interest, but I wasn't following as well as I was at the beginning, and I was like, whoa, 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 where are we going? And, you know, I haven't read the comic books, so, and that is the point that I felt, you know, well, if you read the comic books, this is probably gonna be just great for you. I'm trying to figure out where you guys fall off. Is it, like the moment because to me it becomes really exhilarating when we're introduced to the concept of a password the mob boss uh and the cop who seemingly is good but is maybe getting roped into some shady stuff and then i know after that it's a lot of like back and forth between the horse and christopher maloney and like where are we and what's happening well that villain the you know the guy at the end that was gonna cut his dick off all of that i I don't know. I feel like it kind of... I was like, oh, I know that guy from other stuff, but who is he? Why is he here? This is happening so fast. It was well, almost, I don't think he's the villain, but I yeah, don't want to spoil it. It was almost a pacing issue for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I was like, there's about four locations in this pilot. Yeah. Like, there's outside, there's, like, a warehouse room, and there's a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like, even though a lot happened, not that much really happened. Nothing happened. I feel exactly the same way. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was like... The, there was dialogue, right. and then there was vi- uh, like an extremely violent scene, and then some dialogue, and then you're back to an extremely yeah, violent like scene. It was the, weird. The the style and the dialogue was very up and heightened and quickly mm-hmm. paced, but the actual narrative didn't give us much, I didn't feel. Maybe, I don't know, I think, because I definitely understood it, I think they were setting up the villain and they were setting up setting up the good person or the heroine and then you have it's like a prototypical like police thing uh-huh. but then you have this random ass horse in the middle of it that like so it felt that like should be the tagline <laughs> it's like a typical police thing except for this random <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why I liked it it's like it was like something familiar but with like this twist yeah 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 but, it, but with in a really gory and like personalized stylized way so that's why I liked it because it was like familiar but mm-hmm. with the twist but I, I definitely I followed what they were trying to set up, I 
I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but like the person on it was a phone conversation that gave me a note that okay, this is obviously the villain, and then the supposed good guy is you know a person who's struggling with something on the inside. Like right. all of those things felt very familiar to me, so I I was able to follow what was going on. I mean, yeah. I'll pick up on. Like, I agree with you. Like, I didn't feel like there was any issue in understanding or following the storyline. But pacing-wise, like, we could have easily cut down the time with the mom and the child. Like, yeah. they, as cute as they were, and they really, really were, <laughs> we didn't get a lot of information out of them. Like, the whole concert situation, unnecessary. Like, mm-hmm. have her, like, walk off, like, on the street where we first meet them and then have her get abducted there. To Like, unless... But, but I read online that the reason they were at that concert is because that horse unicorn is mm-hmm. based off of the character that was singing and dancing yeah. on the stage. Yeah. But we stage. see that show two more times in yeah. the pilot. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like as far as story wise, like we already saw that. If they had had like a live like um mascot of the horse there at the concert, that would have made sense to me mm-hmm. to be like oh, okay, we're getting, like, direct correlation. We can see her love for it. We can see how other kids love it. Maybe there's, like, a wider conspiracy there. But other than that, like, we see it on TV. She talks about it. Her mom could have talked more about it in the car, or we could have seen her put in, like, a CD or a tape or something to show that that's where it was from. So I got it. But I definitely think that could have been cut down a little bit. But I really enjoyed kind of the awkward pacing only because Christopher Maloney's character mm. is so jacked up in the head. Yeah. And you get from that very first moment with his head, like literally his top blowing mm-hmm. off that like you're going into a different kind of space. This is not going to be your typical run of the mill thing. Uh, and so I enjoyed that it, the pacing for his scenes was weird and different. Huh. Mm. Like the, the, the whole like call, like calling the guys to let him know he's going to shoot him. No killer's doing this. Like we don't have time to call and give a warning, but it works because he's not fully here with us on this planet. Yeah, and you know, before we like get into the actual recap, recap of it, I, I will say following Christopher Maloney doing all of this, you know, made me just want to watch every part of him. And the first scene of his, you know, him blowing his head up, essentially, it's like, this is the journey you're about to be on. Like, Mm -hmm. you are going to be what his brains are doing, essentially, Mm -hmm. in this scene of blowing your head up. So we're, and everything we see might not exactly be as it is status quo. It's just we're following him and this is how he's seeing it. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree. Like, there is an element of, like, an unreliable narrator. And from a TV development standpoint, if you have the opportunity to use television as a medium, making some of those choices is probably smart because it gives us the opportunity to sort of enter his mind frame. So that's a good point. Um, Before we dive into some of the specifics of the show, we always talk about a bit about the development. Um, As Joelle already alluded, this um, show is based off of a comic book written by Grant Morrison and then... Derek Robertson. Yeah, is an incredible artist. Uh, they work together on Transmetropolitan, which has a very similar theme to this. Hmm. It's if you in- enjoyed any part of this, imagine like dirty, like uh, avant-garde journalist in London who sometimes has to kill people. Like, hmm. brilliant. They're cool. a brilliant team together. Yeah, I mean, that's a the tone is very specific, which. I, f- I feel like that partnership has kind of created that. Um, this is an imprint comic, is that right? Or Vertigo? Uh, this when you, when you say imprint, like, is it currently coming out or like are you asking about which company like, releases it? The company, like, is it? Like, I thought it was Image, but let me do image. a quick. I think image. I just, image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Can what you I thought, explain yeah. what? Because there's like specific kind of sex of these comics. Sure. Okay. So 
Image Comics was started in 1992, um, and basically it was a bunch of disenfranchised artists from the big two, so from Marvel and DC, who were like, you know what? We put in all this work and all this time, and we're not getting paid the same amount of money. Uh, Jim Lee, who's like hugely famous now and now actually runs DC, was one of the heads. There's like five or seven guys. And they're like, you know what? We'll just create our own publication house. We're going to keep so little of the money. But we'll print the books, and we're going to make sure that writers and artists get paid for the work that they do. Skip forward like five, six years when everybody was taking a huge dive in comics. was like 1999, 98. We saw the comics bubble burst. Um... Everybody was flailing. Image was soaring because they have these incredible, incredible titles. And they give all of your favorite artists and writers, like, free reigns. Like, imagine, like, you're, you have a favorite director at Disney. And they're making, like, really good stuff at Disney because Disney's great. But then they get to go out and just make things hmm. that are theirs. Their original ideas. And nobody can filter it. Nobody can tell them that, you know, uh, you need to drive it toward this audience. Image doesn't do any of that. It's you like the with- studio system of comics. Exactly. Exactly that. Um... And so from there you get stuff like this, where Grant Morrison wrote uh, one of my favorite Batman stories, Batman Rest in Peace, Um, and coming off of that he wrote Happy, I think comes, there's maybe like a five or six year gap between the two of them. Uh, But he gets to create stuff like this over there, and it's really, it's an incredible company. Is Preacher also Image as well? No, Preacher is Vertigo, which is an imprint of DC Comics. Okay, okay. I will say though, I got so many Batman vibes throughout this entire thing, you know, and just wished... I don't know. I I have my opinions on who has played Batman. They're not very popular, but Christopher Maloney, if it was like 10 years ago, I just, even now, I don't care. His butt would look good in the suit. He would be a perfect, (laughs) amazing Batman and just, just sealed it for me. Um, absolutely. Well, thanks for that little history lesson. It's super interesting, and it gives some context as to how such a weird show could come out of such a weird comic, because yeah. it sounds like these creators were given the opportunity to really do what they wanted to do. Um, so for those who haven't seen the show yet, the show is basically about an kind of struggling alcoholic ex-cop turned hitman who um, weirdly befriends an imaginary flying horse. Um, and we're kind of learning more and more about who this imaginary horse is. But essentially, it's kind of a buddy dynamic between these two opposites. And the ex-cop is played by um, Christopher Maloney, I think very well. And the flying horse named Happy, for who the show is named, is played by Patton Oswalt. Um, and there are some other amazing characters, too. I have the cast here. We have Lily Miroznik playing Detective Meredith McCarthy. I like her a lot in this show. And I'd say really those three are kind of at least our central trio that are established in this pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, Christopher Maloney is an executive producer on this show. Mm. Yes, which he should be. Yeah. We talk about Christopher Maloney. So Christopher Maloney spends like 20 plus years on Law and Order SVU. Um, he kills it. He nails yeah. it. He's great. Love he's Sadler. He's everything we want. But if you haven't had a chance to see What Hot American Summer on yes. Netflix, yeah. that <laughs> man's got comedic range. So like, much. Mm-hmm. And so for him to come here and do that stabler kind of gritty cop and intermingle it with almost with his chef character. Like, it's almost a perfect hybrid of uh-huh. those two characters. It's so wonderful. I wasn't sure how it was going to get pulled off because the comic version is so much... Like, Christopher Maloney's, like, pretty swole, but, like, the comic character is, like, huge and, like, very, like, atypical square jaw. Like, he just... He, he almost looks like a very broke-down movie star. Like a Mickey Rourke, almost. Huh. So I wasn't sure how it was going to work with Christopher Maloney in this role. I thought he killed it. Yeah. I really loved it. I mean, I love him as an actor, so I absolutely enjoyed watching him and just seeing him back mm-hmm. on the screen. 
Yeah, um, Christopher. I keep going. Go ahead. I was just gonna say he's weirder than we give him credit for. Oh, like, yeah. I'm glad you oh, mentioned yeah. Wet Hot. He does a lot with those guys, like the stay with like Showalter and um, David Wayne, and he was in this movie. They came together. I don't know if you guys have seen. Have, that. Yeah, seen and this. I've seen so many other co- comedy movies that I'm like Christopher Maloney. Oh, yeah. hey, dude, for five minutes, you know, he loves to do comedy. He does, and I agree. This role is a nice synthesis between like serious angstiness, but also like weird kind of over-the-top comedy, and it's mm. working very well for me. I interrupted you, Linda. I hope I didn't cut you off. No, that, I mean, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We love him. <laughs> okay, he's so funny, and he's a great actor. Linda, yeah. sometimes we talk about shows, you know, that I don't like, and the more we talk about them, I start liking them more. I feel like you might... I'm not there yet, no. though. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry, just checking. I'm definitely interested, but I'm, I'm not 100% there yet. Okay, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Because, can there. I ask, like, that voiceover, before we met, are we going into this yet? Yeah, we're in it. Okay. We're in it now. So, before we met the happy unit, so it's a horse. That has a unicorn. Yeah, okay. it's like a horse unicorn hybrid. Yeah. So before we met him, <laughs> there was like I wrote this down. The I was shade. like, "There's a voiceover. <laughs> Why is there like this random voice in the middle of the show that's just talking? And what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I felt like we should have met the horse unicorn earlier on mm. so that we could put all of this together. But if that mm. is that part of to like me, the more very sense. much like the comic. And again, this is actually a very atypical of Batman stories, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. I didn't think about it before. But in Batman, you'll often get voiceover. Sometimes, most of the time, it's Batman, but sometimes it'll be another character. This is usually denoted with a different color bubble. Mm-hmm. So I should have reread at least the first issue of Happy. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that the voiceover comes over in the comic. It's a different bubble. So you know that this is somebody else, but you don't know who it is. Right. That's a great way, again, mm-hmm. in comics to introduce the story and then usually there's a reveal of who's been telling you the story and that reveal is usually like oh my god this isn't a trustworthy person like you're not supposed to be here this is crazy which is how the reveal comes because you're reading it and you're like this is clearly a person telling this detective story it's probably another cop nope it's an imaginary horse god damn it like what is happening but did so did you all feel that you knew what was going on with this voiceover and and how the horse was just talking randomly well, like did I, that come out too? I picked it up because the girl reference called her happy called him happy mm-hmm. and then when we first saw him he was down there with her when she got taken away mm-hmm. so I was like oh her imaginary friend is real and that's that's for me that gave me context okay. yeah, yeah me too I honestly knew a bit going in, so okay. I knew that there was going to be an imaginary friend, blue unicorn. So I assume I put it together that way. But I didn't okay. imagine that it looked like that. Me neither. Yeah. But I knew that it was an imaginary friend, and I was expecting it to be super, super creepy, like the Santa Claus doing crack. <laughs> but um, no, it was just a cool blue horse unicorn, and I laughed. Yeah. And was Santa Claus like part? Christmas tree part Santa. Got it. I loved, loved it because it, it looked like it. I don't know if you guys seen like old uh, German Saint Nicholas dolls mm-hmm. or like figurines and stuff. Like that's kind of what he looks like. It's more mm-hmm. um, like uh, wizard cloaks, kind of, uh, or old, or what old Santas wore. On the comic book, he's more like a fat drunk Santa, mm-hmm. which is pretty atypical American looking Santa. But right. but this is so much cooler because it's so much more mysterious. I like kudos to the costumers for like going all out on the Santa. Yeah, it's kind of like the European-inspired Santa. And it's interesting because, like, the French Santa, who's, like, Père Noël is who they call mm-hmm. him, is, like, kind of darker than our Santa. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we have a jolly Santa. Mm-hmm. He's kind of more of, like, sort of, yeah, a dark brooding Santa with, like, a whip yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Joel, yeah. I have a question for you. I mean, did the comics start 
with Christmas, or is there a Christmas theme throughout the comic? Uh, yeah, I mean, the villain is Santa. <laughs> like, right. Like yeah. that guy so is, it's just a through theme? Yep. Well, again, it's happy. It's the happiest time of the year yeah. with the most miserable man on the planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> he clearly has a death wish, but also doesn't want to die, which must okay. be a horrible situation to live in mentally constantly. Um, so, yeah, no, Christmas is definitely a huge... So, I did no research, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm, me too. I feel like that introduces... We always talk about tone, because, mm-hmm. like... Tone is such an is- important thing to establish during a pilot. To me, that's the thing that's actually working best about this pilot. I think for where the pilot fell short, for me, maybe narratively or even in terms of occasionally dialogue, I hate to say it, this show knows what it is, and it is going for it. <laughs> it is not holding back. Do you guys think this this t- like pilot is working tonally for you? or I, I, d- I thought it was for sure. I felt like it was an FX show. Yeah. For sure, I'm, I'm tr- like, what even? What was it on? Oh, sci-fi, sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. sci-fi. I mean, I and kudos to yeah. sci-fi yeah. because I was thinking about when FX was becoming FX mm-hmm. and that they weren't FX and what they were doing. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say the same. It's, I can't remember last time I watched something on sci-fi. Yeah, they don't have like the best of repu- like high quality reputation from the shows that they have. Yeah, the check, check. Sci-fi for the last yeah. like two, three years mm-hmm. has been on some other mess. Like yeah. the magicians, like yeah. ugh, if you're into like the magic genre at all, like it totally nails it. And it's like we're not doing elementary school, we're not going to do high school, we're doing graduate school. Like we're doing like full grown adults <laughs> and magic. So for me, who like never grew up, I was like, this is perfect. Uh, <laughs> they also have the Expanse, which yeah. is brilliant yeah. and super beautiful and pretty, and and makes you wonder like how would we expand into space? What does society look like there? Like sci-fi has been on their game. When I saw that they picked up Happy, I was so confused. And again, there is still some hesitation, because despite the fact that they've done a lot in the last couple of years, you're right, like, these are, you know... Did they... Sharknado is not sci-fi, is it? I think it is. I think it is. But in all those shows that you're referencing, well, is there a comedy aspect to any of them? Or is this kind of like the first thing into comedy horror, is what I would this consider it? Is the first... Uh, yeah, comedy horror is a really great genre for it. This is definitely sci-fi's first comedy horror. Yeah, um, Everything else is more... Uh, it's just pretty standard dramas, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, yeah, sci-fi dramas. I watched the show Alphas on sci-fi. I don't know if any of you guys I watched I have not that. checked out Alphas yet. Mm-hmm. Way better than it should have been. I liked Alphas a lot. And sometimes that show was funny, but again, it wasn't necessarily as deliberately stylistic as this show. It was kind of the straightforward drama with its twist. But This is definitely trying to reach a new audience, yeah. which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Do you, as a fan of the comic, do you think most people who have read the book, because it's a pretty cult following, right? People love this book. I mean, it's, I mean, I, Happy is never a comic I've sat down and talked about with anyone. So mm-hmm. when I found out it was going to be a show, I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. You can trust Grant Morrison, and it's probably one of his few properties that hasn't been optioned yet. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me that someone would try to secure this property. But from my comic world perspective, it hasn't, it just hasn't been talked about that much. It's not like a juggernaut to you. Not, no. Not so not having read it, do you feel like most fans of the comics will be a fan of the show? Yeah, it's not that different from the comic, and yeah. if it's something that you wanted to see come to life. I mean, I could definitely see some people having problems with casting, not that I think anyone was cast wrong, but, you know, we're very specific about who we saw playing what when we're reading, uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if somebody was like, Christopher Maloney, how dare they? Um, but other than that, like, I, I, I can't see a reason why they wouldn't like the transition. Hmm. Cool. So we've talked about tone. We've talked about performances. Um, To me, again, we mentioned it a bit at the top, but the thing that actually sort of was lacking for me most in this pilot was sort of... uh 
me investing in the plot. I feel like I love, like, we talked about Mrs. Maisel. A lot of these shows that I really get on board with quickly, even something like She's Gotta Have It, there's something sort of at the end that really grabs me or something driving me forward. Mm. I wasn't quite narratively hooked like I am with a lot of these pilots. And that, to me, is the reason I'm a bit tentative with the way I feel. But what about those last few minutes, you know? I did those, like, kind of start to... Because I get what you're saying, but I felt like those last few minutes made me want to tune into the next episode and cheat on our rules. Yeah, I know. know. I was close, actually. (laughs) Which is probably a sign that I'm a play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't. I was like, is this over yet? But but I will say this. I, I guess it's a question more. For someone who didn't read the comics, doesn't really know about Grant Morrison, how would this show pull you in? So, like, for me, being a first-time viewer and a first-time for all of this, do you think that the pilot pulls new viewers? Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a good question. Instead of just the cult following, like, how are you opening up? I feel like the show is designed to have and maintain a cult following. It certainly doesn't lend itself to a wide audience. Like, it's never something I show my grandma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she'd be like, the hell am I doing here? Uh, my parents wouldn't like it. My roommates wouldn't watch it. Like, I feel like it's not... And and that's why it's a good space for sci-fi. Like, sci-fi is a very specific type of audience. Mm-hmm. You're tuning in weekly to see their shows. I think it'll pick up so enough of the sci-fi audience, enough of the comic book audience to have a solid first season. And then as people discover it, you know, there's a chance for it to grow out. But no, I don't think it. I don't think it tries to get anybody who wouldn't initially be vested in. That's it. interesting. That's I mean, what, I didn't. Question. I also love comic book stuff, but I had have not ever read or heard of this comic book, and I enjoyed it stylistically. Yeah. And again, this reminds me. It's very exciting to watch a network kind of develop itself into something new. Again, think about FX. That was. FX was what, like, dudes tuned into to watch, mm-hmm. like, gun movies. Mm-hmm. Think it, it was kind of like Spike. It was yeah. very similar to Spike, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, pre- I I just think it's kind of cool sci-fi is doing this, and it reminded me of a lot of stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it just depends what what you like but yeah. definitely caught my attention again i do laundry i swear every time i do these shows i don't know why I, when i watch it and i always stop like an old lady i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. jeff's initial point about being able to invest in the show though i do think one major fault with the pilot is the fact that they kill off half of the bad guys we're introduced to like yeah. it makes it very hard to want to continue to episode two when you're like mm-hmm. okay so we got four brothers they're kind of like hanging out one's got a leg up on the other's so there's, like, some good conflict there, but they don't seem to be that upset about it. Why? How long is that? Like, Joy left? Oh, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah, Okay, <I> <laughs> where are we now? So that part, I could totally, like... I feel like people are going to get... It's going to pay off eventually. Yeah. But as far as the pilot and bringing people in and having them continue to episode two, I think that that's a really uh, alienating decision to mm-hmm. make. Another thing, and this is a small criticism, but it did ring to me was for such a subversive show and a show that's deliberately trying to reinvent something the way that the hooker character was portrayed was kind of disappointing especially Um, because she's the only black woman on the show i was like really y'all the mom i know yeah the mom is there for like three seconds and she's not until she gets into the police station she becomes a kind of a three-dimensional okay yeah that was a nice performance from her i thought for such a short except that she left see here's my problem though (laughs) this is no mom leaves 
Right. No mom leaves the station. Like, you don't even know my daughter's name yet. I hear you. I knew two officers back there, and they should know who I am, apparently. I have questions. Right. <laughs> like, that was my biggest pet peeve. I was like, skirt. Right. No, She'll fall asleep in the waiting all. room. I agree with you. And yeah, I just feel like I was bummed that, like, the show is clearly written by brilliant guys. And in general, I felt like maybe the women in this show felt a bit uncomplicated. I agree. And, you know, it usually takes a very strong female character for me to be super into a show. Yeah. And the cop, I didn't even like her. That was my biggest issue. I was like, I have no girl to root for. Mm. And, you know, it is what it is. When I watch a show, I want to see somebody kind of like me or that I can relate to, to root for. And the cop pissed me off. And everyone else, I just felt bad Why for. Why did and she piss you off? I'm so sorry. No. Um, I don't know. I, I actually really don't know. But she made me angry. She, you know, she obviously knows a lot of things that we don't know, first of all. Which is cool and interesting. But I just felt like she had such an attitude. And I guess not reading the comics, it rubbed me the wrong way for seeing, introducing her character for the first time. I knew she's, I know she's important. And I probably will like her if I continue to watch the episodes. But her first impression for me, I just didn't feel a little warm and fuzzy. Mm. And I felt back to the the character that played the hooker. Like the hooker was such an integral part of the shooting and all the drama that the lines that she had were they, they felt like throwaway lines and kind of ridiculous to me. Like you're the main girl that's seeing all mm-hmm. this uncover, and you don't. All you say is like, "Are you? Am I getting paid? Or who's paying me? Or whatever?" She also doesn't feel like a sex worker. Like if you've ever known or conversed with sex workers, especially who've been in the industry for a minute, like the way you talk to somebody who is first a John slash paying client versus somebody who is now like potentially threatening your life, and you have like this very confusing relationship with. Like, there's a lot more they could have done with her character wise Mm -hmm. to make her a more interesting and b more believable. And plus, Mm -hmm. she's the one that drops the knowledge of the password so it should have been I don't know it should have been more Joel do you think she's really done that character because I actually very much enjoyed her character I thought she had a couple very funny lines yeah I agree uh yeah no the character does I don't I'm trying to remember if she comes back or not I don't recall um I think she does uh I, I just didn't like the introduction of her I just feel like I'm not sure what the writing room dynamics of this show are, but I just feel like more women, especially, mm-hmm. like, particularly the cop scene. Like, it's hard to say what one might do when someone's mm-hmm. like, can you pretend to blow this dead guy so I can assassinate people when they come in? Like, that's, like, a whole bunch of different things could potentially happen there. But, like, the cop scene is a very atypical scene between a prostitute and a, and a the law, essentially. And the idea of, like... I'm just tired and I want to go home could have been played up in a much more effective like she didn't seem actually tired to me which she would have been exhausted at this point and she didn't seem either A confrontational enough or B um, like trying to affect the cops yeah yeah yeah. also like this has no phasing on her at all period one way or the other either oh god I've seen this all before and I'm tired and this city is just like this right or oh my god what just happened that's like the craziest night of my life there's just she lacks specificity yes. and that's the problem yes I would have loved a choice with her character, no matter what the choice was. I think I just would have liked to have seen a more clear-eyed vision of who they were trying to give us. And it's funny, I couldn't help but think, like, even in, like, a more mediocre procedural, like, SVU, this character would have been much richer. I think, like, say what you will about SVU, but 
I like what they do with the women on that show a lot of the time. And I mean, a lot of very famous actresses get their start on SVU because I think even in these single episode procedural appearances, there's some meaty roles for yeah. guest stars. Let's Absolutely. compare her role to like the uh, two paramedics. Did you feel guys feel like those were too fleshed out characters? That's a good point. No, no they weren't. To me. Not to me. So either. that's a good point. I don't really but think so either. I just want to give a shout out to that one line, and I, I don't, I know it's disgusting. I thought it was funny when she says to the female cop who did oh, not have any compassion for, you know, like I have every yeah. kind. What did she say? It's like everything I, that can come everything out of that can man, come out of a man is on, on me. me. Yeah. Can you let me go home, please? <laughs> I and did I was like just that. like, oh god. Yeah. It was very graphic. It's a great descriptor <laughs> line, but yeah, there, there definitely were a couple of throwaway characters. But here's the thing. Like, and when I, I usually can't base characters in a pilot too much on whether I'm going to watch the show again. Hmm. Because characters in a pilot are very much like, here's my thing that I do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> are you into it? Come back yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, you're Love right. me. Right, exactly. And so, and, and knowing the comic as I do, like, I know some of these plot points, you know, they're going to thick it out. They're going to get better. So, I, I do, though, wish, just because... Mm, like, that's just such an interesting character, and she's with us for so freaking long. It would have been nice to have her be, you know... The cop? Uh, more real. No, the, the prostitute. prostitute. Yeah. 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 Because the cop was just playing angry cop to me. Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? And then we get to the mom, and, like, you see, like, where her soft underbelly is. You understand, like, okay, that's how you get to her. And then there's, like, either some sexual tension mm-hmm. or there's a mentor-mentee tension between her and Maloney's character... She had, like, several beats, and you can tell where she'll be able to build off of. But to me, like, the homework of really solid writing is when those little guest appearances come in. And you're like, oh, my gosh. In, like, the five pages you were here, you're, like, a whole person. Yeah. Um, so it kind of fails that test, but I do think that they're going to get better as the show goes on. Cool. I agree with you. That whole little thing you just did. <laughs> yes. Yes, Joella, well yes. And, you know, even though we're following the uh, comic book very strictly, it seems, is what you say yeah. in the pilot episode, it could change. It always does with yeah. these shows, you know? Cool. Um, well, I do think we've got to start moving towards wrapping a bit, but I feel like we've covered this pretty thoroughly. I don't know yeah. if there's anything else that you guys we haven't discussed that you guys would like to. Oh, just very quickly, how did you guys feel about Patton Oswalt's performance? Oh, good, good question. I like Patton Oswalt. I thought it was he was doing his job. I thought. <laughs> I really loved <laughs> it. I think he his voiceover for the Happy was you know it was actually funny. Like I think it was. Doing Are you hiding job. something, Linda? No, I'm just so confused by the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, what, here's my problem. I'm confused that I hate it, but I'm gonna watch the next episode yeah. because yeah. I need to know what happened. So I'm just very confused by it all because I'm normally like yes or no. But this I one really want to give you a Grant Morrison book because this is like I know I keep harping on this, but like his worlds are so very specific. It's like a Neil Gaiman space where it's like, oh, okay, this is not tra- it's just not traditional. And he's a, he's from Ireland, so he's got that kind of like otherworldly vibe and magic. And so that's what he does. He throws you into the space where you're like, the hell is going on? And the deeper you go, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so rich and fascinating. Like I don't even know what. It, uh, I feel like you're going. By the end of the season, you'll be like, oh, man, that was so good. But it was Thanks for watching the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Linda, me and you have threatened to kidnap each other we'll to watch it. shows, so let's just kidnap each other and, and make, make each other. And we'll just do this. You gotta kidnap her and watch Godless and yeah. kidnap her to watch Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So let's quickly give our out of five. Um, for me, this is a 3.3 pilot overall. Um... I really like this show, man. 
I like I love how it was a, a change of pace from everything. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. love Patton Oswalt's performance because it's obvious that this is supposed to be completely different from everything else in the show. Right. Um. So I I'm I would go four personally. Great. I'm a three point eight five. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna just give it a full three. Just just a solid. I might even go like two point eight. Whoa! Like, like here's the thing. That to me, I know it sounds like a failing grade, and maybe if you calculated it out, it is. But <laughs> like. <laughs> It's got good bones. It's got solid acting. Hmm. But it just, like, as far as, like, pilots have, like, I just watched The Marvelous Ms. Marvel, which obviously gets a five. That's like, a just pilot. as, like, yeah, yeah. as far as, like, great pilots yeah. go, it's just not quite there. But as a show that introduces you to a new world that you're interested in, it's, like, really great. Hmm. So, I guess, yeah, I'll, go, I'll move it back up to a three. I'll go solid. Okay. That's, <laughs> fair, That's a fair point. I'm um, gonna go with 1.5. Oh, that's the low. That's low. Um, well, guys, <laughs> let us know what you think of Happy. If you feel like this is a show that we really should be covering at After Buzz, let us know in the comments. I know we cover a lot of other sci-fi shows, and we have a pretty voracious sci-fi fan base. So, let us know in the comments what you think. It is Christopher Maloney and Pat Oswalt. So we got two superstars who are anchoring this show. And I will say, I feel the same way you do. Is even though I didn't really like it, I think I'm going to watch another one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, either way, guys, this has been TV Pilot Reviews. Thank you so much for joining. Today we covered Sci-Fi's new show, Happy, based on the comic book by Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson and starring Chris Maloney. Please let us know what you think in the comments. The fun of this show is we like opinions. So let us know what you think. You can also find us on Twitter. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. Linda's so girly all across online. I'm D'Angelo TV on Twitter and at D'Angelo on Instagram. And guys, um, we have moved to an earlier time, if you haven't noticed, yes. right? We were at 9 o'clock from now on. Uh, so please tune in at 9 o'clock. You guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43. Twitter and Instagram, SamDavidsonEntertainment.com. And as Joel Monique, you can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique, every week at BlackGirlNerds.com, and up right here next up, doing Riverdale with Sam. <laughs> um, Joel, thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Guys, this has been TV Power Reviews. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Bye. <laughs>From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.